All right. So welcome to Radiant Creators Crypto Love, also known by Randall, uh, by uh, members of the inner circle. <laughs> and um, so we got Crypto Love here and we're just uh, chatting about um, life is beautiful as F, you know, and how to kind of supercharge that body, that body, mind and spirit right now. I think, uh, you know, every I'm doing good. I know Crypto Love's doing good, but it seems like the last two years or more or whatever, everybody's had a struggle. And, you know, everybody's been, there's a lot of fear in there, a lot of tension, a lot of craziness. Their crypto market has not exactly been beautiful unless you are a very hardcore, you know, shorter who's doing a lot of, you know, uh, day trading and such like that. You can still make a living. But for many people who do sort of want to just set and forget, it's been a bit challenging, you know, for sure. Um and it does look like things are about to turn up in the crypto market, whether we're exactly at bottom or not. We, you know, when you're close, you know, barring, I don't know, like an ice age or World War Three or something like that, we're probably pretty close to the bottom. So crypto love, Randall, thanks for being on. Let's talk about stuff and let's just let's, let's try to rise, raise the vibe a little bit. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. It's been a while. I remember the past couple times we've done this, and I've been looking forward to catching up again. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I think people have had a rough couple of years, especially especially if they're tuned into social media and traditional mm -hmm. media. If you watch the news and you're on any type of social media platforms, man, you get bombarded with garbage all day. And I've always been a fan of the, I think it's a computer saying garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Like whatever comes in is exactly what your life's going to be. So me personally, I don't watch the news. I don't use Facebook. I haven't been on, you know, most social media platforms other than just publishing stuff on YouTube for probably about eight years at this point. And uh, it makes it easier because I, all that garbage just misses me. No, I think it's good. You know, I mean, something that's become popular, I think, definitely in the last two years. I mean, it's been on and off forever for, for decades, for hundreds of years, thousands of years, you know. But I mean, still, definitely recently is, is the notion of a media fast. You know, people do intermittent fasting. They do all kinds of fasting. But it seems that uh, it's become almost commonplace. It, it, you probably, if you look in your address book right now, if you look at like Circle of Friends, there's probably at least somebody who's doing a, uh, a media fast and, and they're doing it because, you know, they just want to be, be happy. They're realizing that, man, uh, if, if you, i tell you a vision that I had, which is really wild. And this is something that I think is going on. And, um, so it's, it's interesting that you're on, that we're talking right now, because here's something that happened. Like last night I couldn't sleep. It's one of those nights where you're like, Oh, this is, this is going to be hell. Like I'm, tossing around you know i'm um, on the spin cycle this isn't comfortable i'm like i just forget it this is going to be miserable you just figure you'll just give up and get up at midnight and just start you know working on your next podcast because it's sleeping is over you know and you just tell yourself you say you know sleep is for week is for the week you know <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get up you know and so somehow i fell asleep and i woke up you know uh I did fall asleep, which is really weird. So it was a weird state that I went to sleep. Somehow I fell asleep. And then I had this dream, but it wasn't like a dream. It was like a vision. And this is like the first time I've ever had anything like this. This was different. So it was extraordinarily real. 
and it was not in that dream space. And there was uh, to make it super quick because there's you know there's uh, was in a room with people, we're having fun, and then we hear this little kid scream, and there's kids playing in the other room, but one of them didn't sound right. So what, some someone goes to look, and then they both run out, and they're all terrified, and then this uh, shadow person comes out in the hall and looks at us, looks at me, you know, and in this kind of vision, I'm curious, uh, and I walk up to it because I'm curious, like, well, what is this thing? And I think, well, shadow people don't, as far as we know, hurt anybody, but then it turns into a uh, a big, uh, they call it, not a Bigfoot, but like a, a, a dog man, they call them, you know, this raw. And if you don't know what a dog man is, just, just search it on YouTube. You will find plenty of, of, of dog man videos. And so this horrifying thing is, uh, is like raw coming at me. And so I'm trying to fight it, but it's, it's etherical, you know, it's, it's made a shadow. And then I, I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, that was really, really intense. And then I kind of realized, you know, it was really a vision. It was a vision of this time that we're living in because there's these constant distractions people will go and be distracted by, and then they get terrorized as a group. And I realized a lot of people call it AI, you know, artificial intelligence. And I would say you can if you want. It doesn't really matter how one sees it. Uh, some people can be biblical about it. It doesn't really matter. But I realized that this shadow being was there's an intelligence on the earth. Like there's this an intelligence that it knows what makes us fearful. So it has this sort of, it appeared to them as a shadow person, or maybe that's like, it's just natural state, this shadow person, this, this shadow, this darkness. And then when I contemplate like, what is that it became my greatest fear. And I'm like, I've never really thought about dog people that much, but if I saw one, it would be pretty damn terrifying. Not like a Bigfoot that kind of cuddles you and throws rocks at you or something. No, these things just kill people, right? So, <laughs> and they're nine feet tall. And so here I am facing this dog person that I can't fight. And I realized that's the fear that's out there right now, where it's like, it will find you. It'll look at you. You'll be curious. This is the problem at the mainstream media. You're curious. You go and look, and then it becomes your greatest fear. Well, and what it is, it's an addiction. And it's an addiction. You know, it's it's something that I remember like back when I was a kid, alcoholism was like the addiction of the time. And nowadays it's just social media. It's an addiction. Like there's really no benefit for news or any of that stuff because it's not true most of the time. It's just and and it's just regurgitated stuff 24-7. But it's an addiction. They know they can get your attention. And then you feel good about watching it. Even though you feel terrible, you feel good because it's an addiction. It's like the same thing with heroin and anything else. You feel terrible afterwards, but while you're doing it, it feels good. And so it's just, it's just the latest addiction. And I just kind of look at it like it, we buy into these things that we fear. So you're talking about fear there. We buy into these things that, we're, that we fear. But they're just beliefs that aren't in reality right now. They're not present. They're just beliefs about the future or the past, whatever that could be. The other end of that spectrum is faith so like believing that something good could happen and that's just as real as fear but it's up to us which one we choose and that's that's kind of like where we need to go is it's so the choice always comes down to us there's always things to fear there's always things to have faith in uh but it's up to us which we choose and it's the same as like the guy who brought his two dogs to the to the fight every week and he would always bet on the winning dog and somebody asked him how do you know which dog wins and he's like it's the dog that i fed Whichever one you feed, <laughs> you know, whichever yeah. one you feed, that's the one that's going to win. So, yeah, it's, it's making choices in life. And it's actually like an old stoic principle is I think it's stoic, 
but uh, it's looking at what's in your circle of control. Because so much stuff in the world, I would say nine, I would say a hundred percent of the stuff. I wouldn't even go ninety nine point nine. I would say a hundred percent of the stuff that's on the oh, news. Oh yeah. 100% outside your sphere of control. You have no influence over it, but it can mess up your day, mess up your life, mess up your mind space. So if you don't have any control over it, what's the point? And just focusing again on what's in your control. Hmm. And isn't that kind of an assertion that your life actually matters, that there's a point to your existence and you know, following your bliss, like Joseph Campbell said, you know, that's what you want to do. It's what you're led to do. If you do something only because it's fun, then eventually you'll stop doing it. You know, like your, your bliss is this drive that you have. So it's both euphoria and then wiping sweat off your brow and suffering, but it's uh, it's the experience of life. And so I think that's really all we owe the universe, you know, and, but we're like, no, I, I need to know about all this bullshit. And it's like, not really maybe you're maybe you're here to make yourself happy <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, it, I, you got a great point there because when it comes down to everything everybody just wants to be happy like mm -hmm. we think we want all these things so that we'll be happy like we watch the news because then we'll have more we'll know more information we'll be in the know so then other people think we're in the know we'll feel good about it we'll get a little ego trip we'll be happy so like all these things are just so that we'll we'll be happy and everyone myself i'm guilty of it of going in like convoluted ways to try and get there like chasing my tail instead of just being happy right now i'll just be chasing <laughs> my tail going after money going after women doing all these different crazy things when i could just be happy now yeah that's it's, it's absolutely true well it's that whole thing where that's like being happy people who want a relationship to be happy which is that's fine you know um but if you're not happy by yourself, then you're just a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're, you're just going to drive somebody crazy. They're going to say you're a little bit too excited. Which, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 a faulty mental model that we have. When I get this, then I'll be happy. Yeah. When I have that, then I'll be happy. Because anything that we can get, we can unget. And I mean, we see that in cryptocurrency, like oh, yeah. Bitcoin went up to $70,000 and now it's down to $20,000. Oh, when Bitcoin's $70,000, then I'll be happy. And it's like, great. You were happy for what, two weeks? And then now you're miserable. It's like anything that you can get, you can only get. So making your happiness depend on external circumstances is just a broken model. Yeah. And that's where, you know, as far as kind of talking about sort of a, a physical, spiritual, intellectual supercharge, I think that's one of the essential things to me is, you know, some type of, uh, you know, spiritual life. Now, I know some people, to me, I think, now, that can be um, spending, see, that's different for every individual, but they know what it is. It could be, you could be an avid hiker, you could be a bow hunter, you could simply that also, you could you could meditate, you could do Wim Hof, you know, breathing and then jump in a cold shower. Um but there's something that gives you that experience of life. There's interests that you have that may require money, but still it's not like it's unattainable. You know, it seems like that's the thing, a spiritual life and, and some pursuits that are blissful for the individual. That's this like foundation one has to have. It's like people retire, then they die. You know what I mean? Because, well, they, 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 they there was, Life was just toil and trouble and struggling, you know, and then like they, they retire and there's no meaning anymore. So it seems that like, I uh, think about it, like, what if you were retired right now? You know, what would your life be like? Well, in, it's, it's funny. It's almost like retire early, 
you know, find, find that, that connection to life, to bliss, to interests, spiritual life. And then like, yeah, whatever comes, whatever goes, you don't, it's not that you don't care, but you were happy in the first place, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like everybody has to experience it for themselves. Uh, everybody hears and everybody knows deep down that money doesn't buy happiness, but everybody's like, but I really want to try, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's that Jim Carrey quote that he says where he wishes everybody got all the money and fame and riches that they wanted so they could realize that's not where it is, but it takes getting there to realize that it's not it. And like, I had an experience a few years ago where I was quote unquote retired. And just cause I chose, I had enough money saved up where I chose not to do everything, anything for a while. And I got so bored out of my mind because up until that point for 30 some years of my life, I was working almost 24 seven. Like if I was awake, I was working. And then all of a sudden I was retired and I was the most bored I've ever been in my entire life. And I was like, never again do I want to retire. But it's like something that you have to experience in order to get there because I never would have I never would have experienced or I never would have known that wasn't for me unless I experienced it because the common narrative is four hour work week, retire early, do all this stuff. You need to be the next Zuck. You got to be a billionaire in your 20s or else you're a complete mm-hmm. failure. And it's like, that's the narrative. So it may be true, but just because everybody says something doesn't mean it's true. So perhaps just experience it. See if it's right for you. If it's right for you, stick with it. If it's not, then change it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Living outside of one of the narratives that is success, that can be a very scary place. That's very, very lonely. You know, um, it definitely can challenge one's self-confidence. I mean, have a, have a like, like, yeah. What if you want a five hour work week instead of a four hour work week or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. So like, you're you're quite the avid content creator. So I mean, what does like a day in the in the life kind of look like as far as see one thing that, that Crypto Love does, if you don't know already, is you know, he creates uh, YouTube videos mostly about um, you know uh, crypto and well and crypto. You know, they're very very poignant, and you you manage to get them in just a couple minutes, and you really jam a lot of content in those couple minutes, and that's not you know anybody if you wonder that's not easy it's not easy to take a lot of content and cram it into a few minutes and actually cover it so i think you know is it fair to say that like a lot of effort goes into your your almost daily shows or or is it just easy uh it's it's definitely not easy uh i've been i mean i've been doing it for coming up on five years now and if for those five years i've made almost uh, 1,600 videos. So pretty much a video every single day. And there was only, there was only one year during the deepest bear depression of 2018 where I didn't make a video every day. But other than that, I've been making a video every day. So it becomes kind of a habit. It's like part of, part of my routine. Like some people wake up, they go to the gym, they do that type of stuff. Me, it's like, need to make a video. But uh, it does require a lot of work. Uh, it's also just from repetition. Like I look back at some of the videos I made early on and they were just, you know, I was enthusiastic, but the videos were garbage. And (laughs) of course, because I was new. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I just try and pick out the stuff that I'm interested in. 
and then present that. And I think that people who would be interested in the same stuff that I'm interested in would kind of uh, be drawn to that. And then they would enjoy watching the content anyways. I don't try and uh, add stuff that isn't interesting to me just because then I would be, then I would be somewhat of a, it would be less, uh, less genuine. And Mm. I kind of did that early on to try and catch more viewers, but it was just, it was hard to keep up and it required a lot more effort. So this is just, you know, I do, I spend uh, a few hours a day working on a video and then the rest of the time is uh, me time. Mm. I like it. I like it. Well, that's, you know, like one of the things that I picked up on what you were saying is just removing what doesn't serve. You know, what are you actually really interested in? And then focusing on that and, and just ignoring all the, I guess you could say the fluff, you know, the things that don't really matter unless, unless they matter to you. So, I mean, that, that is quite a bold statement to do only what interests you. Um, isn't that a little bit uh, sacrilegious there? Well, that's, <laughs> that's, I'm, I mean, the older I get, the more I realize is kind of what life is, is just figuring out what you like, what you don't like, and then getting rid of the stuff you don't like. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's a long, tough process. For me, it took a long, long time of doing stuff, of being hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt from going to school for a degree I didn't even want. And like doing all this stuff that you have to do and to get to the point where you can recognize what you actually enjoy and to trust yourself enough to actually listen to yourself. Like for, mo- for most of my life, I was living to please my parents. I was living to please society. I had all these, you know, I had the perfect quote unquote life according to my parents and society. You know, I had, I had a, an advanced degree with a real profession I went to college, I was almost married, all this stuff, and I was miserable. I was like, I literally did not want to wake up in the morning, but it got to a point where I was like, okay, enough's enough. I got to change stuff. So I changed a whole bunch of stuff. And now every morning when I wake up, I'm just like, I sink to my knees in gratitude just because I get to live a life that's pleasing to me. Mm, I like that. That's, I think that's quite the ideal, you know, when you can actually. Uh, you don't want to go to sleep because sleep is boring. You want to get back after it. You're like, I can't wait to wake up. Like, so you go to sleep begrudgingly. You're like, all right, all right, all right you know. And then, you, but but the moment you wake up, you're like, finally, get me out of this uh, this terrible prison. Uh, <laughs> this, you know. And if you can do that, that is. Um, I mean, I strive to. And then some days I I'm I'm there. Some days I'm you know actually I'm kind of always there really, but. Uh, but that's like I'm 52, and that probably didn't start until I was 50, you know. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's a struggle. It, it takes it, it. There's no guidebook on how to get there. But I, I mean, I like that you said it. I'm in my 40s, and it's the same thing where uh, it takes until 40s to 50s to actually understand yeah. it. And this is like one of the biggest issues right now, I think, with most of the most of the world today is that. We make children believe they're supposed to have it figured out by the time they're 20. Not only that they're supposed to be have it figured out, but they're also supposed to be in the top 1% of the wealthiest people in the entire world by the time they're 20, or else they've messed up their whole entire life, and the only option is suicide. Like, that's the most messed up thing in the world. The, uh, the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, he yeah. talks about that. This book was published back in, like, the 1930s or 40s. He talks about how back then... And the same thing is true. Most people don't hit their stride until they're 40 to 60 years old. Like those are the best years of your life, 40 to 60. And so actually uh, just getting around to like 
under, having the patience to just make it to 40 years old to where you can start to figure stuff out because then you see stuff over and over again in life and it starts to make sense. No, it's true. And one of the things that along those lines also that strikes me is, uh, well, for one thing, you got to be healthy. Now you're doing it, but I think it's a, well, if you, okay, if one just goes and looks at like a, Google like, uh, you know, beach pictures, 1960s, 1950s, 1970s, whatever. People in general look kind of human. Like, of course, now go to the mall or go to some public place and you're going to like, what the crap happened to humanity, right? So we're like one of our sickest times ever, I think, you know. Mm -hmm. So humans in general are not healthy. Some are. Some are extraordinarily healthy, you know. But in general, the masses are not. And that's unfortunate. And so you know, if you're not going to figure it out until 40s, till 50s, uh, then you really got to, you got to be in shape when you hit those years. Because for me, I'm, I'm just getting, I plan for the next few decades or to just, to just get stronger, to get in better shape. We don't have to age like our grandparents. That's all legacy. That's nonsense. They didn't have vitamins or, you know, or mm. collagen or, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't or you know, Richard didn't, Simmons or Richard Simmons. Like they didn't, yeah, they, they didn't jazzercise. They didn't do yoga. You know, they ate white flour and butter, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean that, that was it. And so they never really lived a life that was going to age well, you know? So, you know, for us, it's one of the things is like, you gotta be, you gotta plan on hitting those forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, really strong. I mean, and I think that's the thing is, is that you can, because when you realize, isn't the funniest thing is when you're young, you just, you can't help but sort of squander it a little bit because you just don't know. You just don't know. So I think we need to, we need to live longer, live stronger, search, you know, seek for wisdom humbly, achieve a little bit if possible. And then the younger people be like, look, I got to I got to like, I got to give you some tips along the way. Because you just you don't want to squander it, you know, because I wish I wish when I was a kid, I had a little bit of wisdom come my way from elders. But wow, what if everybody when they hit like their, you know, teens, 20s, had just like some old like Joseph Campbell wisdom, some like Cameron Haynes as like an older brother. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll talk about him. You know, what if, who could say like, get your shit together, like lovingly and, and guide you to just really be an epic amazing health work at wisdom have a spiritual life just uh you know anyway that's a rant but still <laughs> i i agree with you wholeheartedly like uh, one thing that i like to listen to a lot is uh, the meditations by marcus aurelius because mm. he talks all the time about how we're just gonna die i mean here's here's the most powerful guy of his time the most well-known guy of his time yeah. the richest guy of his time he could literally do anything in the world and he's focused on how to live a good life not you know, he's not having these drunken orgies like every other uh, emperor was. He was maybe actually... When, maybe when he was young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep going. Uh, but he was focused on how to live a good life. And he talks all the time about how we're all going to die. And really, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at, like, he's looking back at all these old emperors who were like the Elon Musks of his age. Okay? And he's like, they're all dead. They're all gone. Everything that they've ever done, they're still dead. And he's like, in the grand scheme of the universe, we live for literally a blip. On the map so like what's the point of worrying about all these problems why not just make the best of whatever we have right here and so listening to that stuff gives me some motivation because like there 
it can sometimes seem oppressive. You see all these success stories in the world. Like everybody's a success in this one little niche. It doesn't show you the rest of their life that's just a, that's a hot mess. You know, it just shows you this one little success that they have in their life. But you're like, oh, I want this guy's wealth and that person's body and this one's wife. And you're just like cherry picking these other people's lives. So you live in this fantasy world. And it just helps to remind me that, you know, life will be over soon enough. I can just enjoy making the most of what I have right now and also being grateful for what I actually do have. Because all of this stuff that I have right now is stuff that at one point was the fantasy. It was like, oh, when I get that, then I'll be happy. And then I look around and I'm like, oh, wait, I have that. So might as well just be happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And people getting in touch with that, that's a huge thing. I really think you have to, to, to uh, there's a book by Thomas More. I believe that's who wrote it called Care of the Soul, you know, and it was really, I hope I have that right. Probably it was Thomas More, and I think it was called Care of the Soul. Um, but it really was, the whole book was about the forgotten art of caring for one's soul, of being uh, aware of the like sacredness in life. And so like, one has to have some kind of a spiritual life, some kind of a meditative practice, something that suits them. And then, you know, in a spiritual life really, I mean, it's like, it's like the experience of life. Like Joseph Campbell, you know, when he, he was asked, you know, what is the meaning of life? And he'd always like, like kind of shake his head at his students and be like, you don't care what the meaning of life is. He'd say, there is none. What you want to know you want the experience of life and when you and when you experience life you'll know what the meaning is but not until it's a it's a great point i was talking about what i was talking with one of my friends about this like that whole question like what's the meaning of life somebody who's enjoying their life doesn't ask that question that's like a yeah. miserable <laughs> depressed person who's like what's the meaning of life why does my life suck and it's like number one you're asking disempowering questions but number two those aren't questions that somebody who's enjoying life actually ask because if you think back to any time you were happy you didn't contemplate what life was you were just part of it you were like in the dance and that's it yeah yeah exactly the uh like that that a uh, winning lap on the indy 500 that driver is not wondering like man you know what is the meaning of life you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. he's not he's fully engaged i mean that's a but um also, also on the other side, because every, everybody likes to celebrate these winning things, but also there's like all the other drivers, particularly the driver who like crashed his car or the second place driver, the people who are going through the miseries of not winning. That's also the dance of life that a lot of people miss. And just thinking that it exists in the successes is missing out a lot of it, because while it does exist in the successes, also being present enough to recognize it when you're in the learning opportunities you know that's also that's also really important because a lot of times we just we just zone out and we'll only accept life during the successes and also another thing is um like in these all these fantasy moments like i i was fortunate enough to live on a caribbean island for three years uh while i was studying to be a veterinarian and so I lived the dream life, you know, like the, the life that everybody fantasizes where you're on a white sand beach, blue skies with these fluffy clouds floating by the gentle waves of the ocean just rolling in. And I went through miseries there. Like mm -hmm. I, I had experiences that were just like terrible. And I went through depressions and all this stuff. 
but I was I was living the dream and it just it didn't compute. There was this like major uh, cognitive dissonance, but it was really good because it showed me that like all these fantasies that we have of the successes and, you know, just got to be on that vacation with that spouse and have that much more. It's all just it's an illusion. It's all completely 100 percent made up. But it's something that I think people need to experience for themselves because I didn't I didn't believe it until I experienced it. And I'm sure other people won't believe it until they experience it. But like realizing that those things that we fantasize about, that's usually not it. Mm, yeah. Or even if it is, it's only temporary. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ultimately running from yourself, you know, and there's a big difference between doing something that gives you the experience of life that where you feel alive doing it when it's fun, when it's a struggle and when it is not like a, uh, I recently started doing um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and that's been fun. So here's the thing. I love it. Yeah, when you start and you're and you're and you're a white belt, which is you know, so I, I do I do other martial arts where I'm more advanced. Okay, here I am starting at you know white belt again, and there's something fun about it because your job as a white belt is just to get your ass kicked. That's pretty much what you do. You're 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 learning to survive, you know. Mm -hmm. And they, you're learning a bit every class, but for the most part, most of Brazilian jiu-jitsu is just live training or rolling, as they say, where you just wrestle, you know, trying to get um, submit or get out of the guard or whatever for, for six minutes. And so every class ends up being four sets of six minutes at the end of, uh, of kind of grueling wrestling. And the funny thing is, is part of it is paying your dues. It's weird. Like most people quit. Most people quit because you don't know that much. You're you're learning, but you're learning the, the deep fundamentals. And you have to really go, you, you have to put a lot of personal effort into learning how to survive. That's that's the white belt's thing is is just survival. You're trying not to be submitted, not to be grabbed, not to be you're trying to get out, you're trying to escape. And that's it. And sometimes you're with other white belts uh, that you, you start to be able to, 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 to do some reversals and such, you know, but a lot of times you're just getting choked out by blue belts and you're, you're just getting, you're just getting killed. Um, the person, well, like I, I humbly say like myself who thinks that's thrilling, you know, even though sometimes, yeah, I, I get kind of, it kind of sucks. If sometimes you get a little sick of it, you know, but if you can get your ass kicked for months, you know, it's like a rite of passage. Like they're actually getting rid of people who don't have good character, you know, who, who aren't willing to struggle, who don't, they're like testing your bliss, really. You know, if you're, if you're just doing it for fun or it's an ego trip or you, like, you're going to quit. You're going to quit because like what, if you're willing to basically get beaten up for six months before you start having the ability to really even do reversals and such, uh, and you might get it quicker than that, but still, people will start to give you the a great compliment in, in BJJ. Will say you have good energy, and that's like the best compliment. Like like basically, I like choked you with your neck and your like with your own leg and your self esteem, and I did this and like I you know swept you and this and that, and I crushed you and this and that. And sometimes you're, you know, fighting. I'm fighting with people who weigh twice what I do, and they just lay on me. I'm like <clears throat> crap, trying to get out, you know. And when they say like, but when you smile through the whole thing and they say you got good energy, that's like the best compliment. You can't do better than that. You, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel you. I used to do jujitsu and I love yeah. it. it was, 
the greatest thing. And like you said, survive, escape, recover. That was they used to drill that into us, and that was it. But I like how you mentioned character because mm-hmm. I think this is a big deficiency uh, where we don't realize that like to actually live a good life, it takes character, but also it takes competency. So you have to be good, but you also have to want to do good. And yeah, oftentimes people just think I have to do good and they forget about doing good and then they get into trouble. And we see this a lot in the world, especially, I mean, don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but like our, our legal system where it's okay to do wrong just as long as you don't get caught. Like, yeah. What type of legal system is that? But uh, so kind of figuring out how to develop character, but also how to be competent is important because I watched this thing about the Bath- Bathsheba syndrome, which was basically King David back in, back in the day, back in the Bible. He, I mean, he was like the king and he had his whole army off to war. And then he noticed a, a girl like tanning on, on her roof. And he's like, Ooh, who's that? It turned out it was the wife of his senior officer. And he's like, but I'm king. So, you know, whatever. So he, he has his assistant call her over and they sleep together and he ends up getting her pregnant. And he's like, uh Oh, I don't want to get caught. And so he, he calls the senior officer back from the war front. And he says, uh, you've been doing a great job. Go sleep with your wife to try and, <laughs> to try, to try and make it seem like he got her pregnant. And he's like, and the senior officer says, no, all my troops, they're off in war. They can't sleep with their wives. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not going to sleep with my wife either. And so King David like tries again. He's like, really, you need to go sleep with your wife. And he's like, sorry, I can't do, I can't do that to my men. They're out there. They're losing their lives. They've given up their families and everything to be out there. I got to be strong like them. So he goes back off to war. And King David's like, uh-oh, now I'm going to get caught. So King David says to his advisors, he's like, make sure this senior officer goes to the front lines and dies. And so he ends up having basically having the guy killed just to hide his where he lacked character, where he mm-hmm. wasn't able to abstain from sleeping with someone else's wife. And so uh, this this whole like ethics seminar, I think it was at the Naval College or something like that. But it was it was based on how the more power we have in life, the more successes we have in life, the easier it is to have these type of situations just because we have the availability. We think we have the power. And you see this time and time again, how people get into situations. I mean, there was a whole like Me Too movement that was based on a lot of these guys who got power and then abused that power. And it's it's probably one of the trickiest things because like our whole lives, we're trying to get to this place of power so that we can do the things that we want to do. But then once we get to that power, we have all these other opportunities. And it's like and and when you're feeling good, you think nothing can go wrong. So it's like learning to develop that character to be able to say no in those situations. That's the challenge, I think. Yeah. And that power really, I think it's, it, it's what someone wants over themselves. You know, when you have that, that self-control, you know, um, that determination, that will, you know, so in a sense, it's kind of funny, but power over others is kind of childish. That's kind of for amateurs. You know, that's, cute and it's nice and you know whatever but to have self-discipline that's 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 irreplaceable that that that, that's a existential value you know what i mean like uh if a person you know believes in reincarnation or not you know 
power, worldly power ends with the body. But I think that that self-discipline, that that knowledge of the soul, that you can take it with you if you're going to keep going. You know, that's that that, that has true value. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So jujitsu is a great way to develop it. I'm I'm happy to hear you're doing that because man, I love jujitsu so much. Oh wow! Did you do like a Brazilian jujitsu or? One yeah, of I did. Yeah. And then I got a really bad neck injury and had to stop. But oh, oh that's. Well. Uh, that's terrible. No, anytime. Wow. No, I've I've tried so many times to do it. Like I've done so much therapy for my neck and tried so many times to do it again. But literally every time I do it now, I just get these insane headaches. And so, unfortunately, yeah. I had to had to give it up. But uh, no, no, just FYI, sense. I only got ten more minutes before I got. Okay. Run, wow. Uh, so yeah, we're we're up cutting this. Uh, we're actually getting yeah we're getting a good amount of time in. Um, it's uh we actually, I screwed up the time zones everybody so that's why. Well, it was a joint effort. It takes two to tango. <laughs> it does, I could yeah. I could have checked just as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what time? I thought it was. Oh crap! You know. Yeah. Um, it's one of those podcasting things. Well, hey, here's as we wrap things up. Um, we haven't talked about crypto much, but that's fine because we're talking about well, we kind of are. And I would say that, you know, there's a book that we both recently. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm reading it now. Crypto Love already read it. It's called Endure by Cameron Haynes, and it uh, when it first starts off, it seems like maybe it's about bow hunting, and a person might think I don't care about hunting. It truly, if there was one error I found in the book so far, is that it might lend people to think that when they first start reading it, but really it's about, you know, truly endurance. And I think that's something the last, well, two years plus is something people have had to learn. I think also we've been in a bit of a bear market via crypto right now. There is fear, you know, that like th- that shadow person wants to figure out what scares us most, what we can hate most, and it will turn itself into that and blind us to life. So we're in a challenging time. Although something he said, um, like one line was that average effort creates average results. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, when it comes to, let's say, if we look at, you know, life, whatever our interests might be, or we can say crypto, you know, uh, is your, if you're honest with yourself, is your effort really just average, you know, or, or are you doing something extraordinary? And that's an incredible, so far reading the book, I'm like, I had to put it down and like, and kind of get mad at it for a while and like walk around the house. Cause I'm like, you know, but I realized, damn it. You know, there's way too many places. I'm only putting forth average effort if that, and then wondering why I'm not progressing in that area of life. Yeah. That's a great quote. And you also have to recognize what areas are important to you. So he talks yes. about that, and particularly he talks about that in bow hunting because he's chosen that bow hunting is his thing. Notice yeah. how he's not concerned about if he can make a sandwich or you know how good <laughs> he can do the laundry. He's, those, those just aren't things that he's concerned about being above average at. But if there's something that's important to you, then definitely it's worth putting in above average effort. And it, it rem- I mean, it's, it's very similar to this quote that I heard. I don't know who it's from, but like, you can have anything you want in the world. You just can't have everything. And mm-hmm. for anything you want, there's going to be sacrifices that you have to make. So it, it really comes down to choosing what that is that you want and, and realizing that oftentimes it could be something very, very small. Like it, it could be a very, very niche area. But if you choose it, like that's what's important and everything else can go F itself. That's important. And you put above average effort, you're going to get amazing results from it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's the key to it. 
I mean, I know for myself, one thing about the uh, bear market that we've been in, um, where, you know, in a way, the market's always the market, there's money to be made every day, and you can. So I think that as a trader, one of the things I've had to realize is like put in, you know, beyond average effort is uh, learning technical analysis and just learning the market. And, and, And it's a huge, huge thing. It's wide and it's deep, of course, you know, but you focus on, like I focus on crypto, what I want to know, the kind of timeframes I want to trade in, and then make money whether it's going up or down. And uh, like, it's, it's, it's possible, you know, so in a sense, I've had to kind of go, well, if I only put average effort right now into the market, I won't make any money. So I got to go, I really got to push it. And it's, it's beyond rewarding. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, you know, it's what I wish for people that hopefully they can they can find those those areas in life that matter to them, put more than average effort into it, and the the rewards are there's no words for it. You know, it's it's wonderful. And also, Cameron Haynes said um, that uh, it's not raw ability, it's endurance. And I love that. I just started reading the book. You've already read the whole thing, yeah. but yeah. like, it, isn't that it? I mean, really, it's it's like in Asia that. I think it's a Japanese saying where it's you don't have skill, you don't have natural talent, all that's nonsense. You have a willingness to suffer. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and the persist and the persist. persist. Yeah, yeah, because that's I mean that's what it comes down to is you just do something long enough, and it becomes you're able to do it on autopilot, and then you can actually improve. Like once you do something enough to where it becomes autopilot, that's the that's the point where you can actually get better at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Wow. Well, you know, it, it's been great talking to you. I think we talked like this is like we connected at just the right time. This is just the right length. It's perfect. You know, and just the same color T-shirt. I like that. Yeah. At least we got that coordinated. We screwed up the times, but I should I shouldn't have used the green screen. So then we could have had green screens together and I could have worked cap. Next time we'll have to coordinate this. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> would have been like twins. <laughs> oh gosh, oh gosh, we call it like, oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we can be like, we can be like, like a uh, Dumb and Dumber or something like that. What was yeah, that? Twins, that was twins, movie. the movie. <laughs> twins. Yeah. Who's Danny DeVito? Who's Danny DeVito? Like one of us that's a little, yeah. a little taller than the other. <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. Get to well, the yeah oh no and actually that's that's actually a pretty deep movie people you know if one watches that that's a good everyone that is your assignment watch watch twins with on schwarzenegger and danny devito that is some that is some deep challenging stuff i i would say that that's going to make a person look at their own shadow and their own self-doubt because you know there's you know and uh not a topic we can get into now but i tell you something i've noticed recently they don't make movies like they used to. I miss that silly shit. I miss when movies were as good as twins. <laughs> well, movies were experimental. Now it's just the same thing over and over and over again. There's no experimental movies anymore. Yeah, Captain America gets kicked in the balls and he gets up and he kills the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And there's some chick involved every time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. I guess as we wrap up, where can people get a hold of you? I guess basically search for Crypto Love on YouTube. Just search have Crypto links. Love on YouTube, and yeah. there you go. And That's definitely it. check out Crypto Love because if you are doing crypto, I would say you know his videos are the, are the quickest and the most informative, the most inspiring, the most actually still like the movie Twins. Um, creative. He's still improvising. He's doing cool shit. You know. 
So you might get something that you hadn't expected that helps you make money that day. All right. Cool. It's Take great care. to see you again too. Yeah. Good to see you. I'll talk to you again in not quite as long of an interval. Take care. Bye.